Ah, oh, welcome in to Calling the Audible. It is week three. I'm your host, Mo Khan, on this Tuesday edition as we now move towards the conclusion of January and into February. And that's when the business end of this season starts picking up in terms of the number of games. And, of course, the Super Bowl not too far away as well on this episode of CTA. We have a lot to get to, a lot of guests to get to. We'll open up with Jerome Hovington uh, to talk about Division Four. And then Zachary Albert-Gale is one of our favorites now. We'll talk about Dip 5, A, and B. And then we'll have on Manu Alahua to talk about Dip 3, recap that. And then we'll wrap it up with Iggy Magnets to talk about some 35-plus and women's as well. And then Iggy will have his show on Thursday, which he'll have Dip 1, Dip 2 with Daniel Zara, Ralph Morelli, Brent Bach, and talk about Dip 6. Uh, you name it, we'll have it covered uh, this week here on Calling the Audible. So some things to get to before we move to the show. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we're doing team pictures as we speak, so please bear with the scorekeepers uh, who have to take these pictures. We, we like to do it at halftime of games. It's a lot easier then. Um, just keep in mind that we might have to do a retake a time or two uh, because there are some times where the initial photo is blurry and we have to get that corrected. So please be patient and understand towards the scorekeepers with that. Uh, secondly, uh, uniforms now are in place. The uniform protocol rule is in place. What does that mean? Uh, you need to have a proper uniform. That means same team color as your teammates. So if you wear red, it should be red or close enough shade of red. And most importantly, though, it has to be a proper number on the uniform. So no taped and no marker numbers on your uniforms. They have to be proper, visible number on the front or back. That's ideal to have on the back, if not on the front, which is even better to make it easier for the scorekeeper to identify who you are moving forward. And also keep this in mind, right? You need to get five games in to be playoff eligible. And some teams have played three, if not four games, and are almost approaching the five-game marker of their campaign. So as you move towards the end of January into February, please, and this is something that we always have at the end of every season, whether it's winter, spring, or fall cup even, please double-check the games played on your team page with your roster. So I advise captains and players to go on your roster every week after you've played a game, the day after or the two days afterwards, and double-check if, if he or she have the games played because it gives us a window that if you find out Sunday, you played Sunday, and you find out Monday, hey, uh, your guy wasn't given the game played, we can look it up right away and see if it was if it was our fault or if the person didn't show up, whatever it is, right? So please take the time on a weekly basis, captains or players, to make sure that you're looking at your roster because at the end of the season, once once early April hits, we're going to have the same issue again about what's going to happen as well with this process going forward here. Um, and finally, finally, uh, we do have flag belts. Those are now $10 moving forward. And also keep this in mind as well. Uh, for the stadium, for the complexes that we play at, if you're the first window games and you know there is a minor association playing or practicing before us, please change in the locker room and then come out afterwards. This saves us the headache when it comes to uh, parents who are not comfortable and understandably so about that. So, again, please be aware of your surroundings if you're changing. If there's little kids uh, practicing in front of you, it's advisable to go in the locker room and change as well. We'll be, we'll be joined with Jerome Hovington in a minute or so here, but we'll definitely tee it up with them in terms of what we'll cover uh, moving forward here. He'll be, it'll be my first guest with Jerome Hovington. And for those who don't remember, in the uh, road show that we had in the Fall Cup, uh, 
Uh, Jerome had a little bit of a fumble, which we'll talk about with him uh, as we cover dip four in this situation here. As we will welcome in Jerome Hovington into the show. Uh, Jerome, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. As Oh, we have a little technical difficulty. We'll get him in a couple seconds here as we had a fumble. So a bad snap from uh, the Nettingale, Ali Reza, and trying to get Jerome Holmton on, on with us. We'll talk about Div 4 with him, a lot to get to in Div 4 and what's going on so far this season. Uh, some storylines to look at from 4A and 4B, which we look forward to breaking it down with Jerome in the coming minutes here for this season. And I think, look, you know, when you look at uh, the division as a whole and how this has played out so far, I mean, again, it's it's a great season this year for 4A and 4B and how this has unfolded so far. And I think the key that I've really noticed so far with the 4A games I've watched up till now, the scorekeeper, and what has uh, transpired in the season, is that you know, there's some new teams. The LOE, this is a team that's 3-0. Uh, born in the 80s, no one thought they'd be 2-0. LBB is 2-0. Uh, then you have Balls Deep, still CRA. Big fun, all creeping up the ladder at 2-1. And then, you know, you got teams who are still playing on two games. And then even the West Island boys at one game. So they're 0-1 right now, but they'll get their campaign going on as, as soon as possible. We'll now be joined by Jerome Hovington now. Nightingale, are we ready to roll with him, my friend? Excellent. Jerome Hovington, we had a bad snap to start off the show, but welcome to, welcome to CTA, my friend. Thank you, Mo. How have you been? I am well. I, I see, last week, Jerome, I, I was under the weather. I was sick as a dog, and I still did the show. Imagine if Iggy was in my position. Iggy would have called in sick for like five weeks and said, I can't do the show. I can't do the show. For sure. He's always got excuses. He always Iggy has excuses, right? If you know with Iggy, right, and you know him very well, you play with him and, and you played against him and stuff, like he'll, he'll diagram like a play. If it doesn't work, he'll have like a 500-word essay why it didn't work. So, you know, so it's – it's what it is with with our guy uh, Iggy Magnus, though. But Jerome, let's talk about four A and four B with you. Um, first and foremost, you are an excellent wide receiver. I would uh, would you agree with that point? I'd say I'm okay. No, I, I think you're excellent, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever lined? I, I've been up? I've been doing okay. <laughs> Have you ever lined up uh, across from a, a DB and and you say to yourself? This is going to be a, a seven catch, 120 yard, two touchdown day. Um, it depends who uh, my QB is, but um, usually I know when I'm going to have a good game. Um, there's just some days that you know everything's going well, everything's clicking, and uh, I've I've had my fair share of uh, of big games uh, so far in my fifth career, and uh, I was always uh, I was <laughs> I was always confident in those games. <laughs> now, do, do you remember your best ever game in FPF stats-wise? Um, I'm pretty sure I had a game with 160 yards and four TDs against um, who was it? Uh, Baldi Dunsick. Uh, really? Was it last fall. Yeah. And, and they got some football athletes in that team, right? So it's it's, it's a pretty. Ma- was was I scorekeeper that game? I don't know if I was or not. Uh, I think you were actually, yeah. See, that's that's where the numbers are accurate, Jerome. I do for the best players out there, my friend. You know, that's, that's how we roll out here. Uh, of let's dive into it, uh, Jerome. Um, with four A at three and zero, are you buying into LOE start as maybe a top four team in four A? 
I'm going to one-up you there. I think they're the favorites at this point. Um, based wow. off basically Chris Barrow being the best QB by, by a margin, a, a big margin. Um, I think he's at almost 90% completion. He hasn't thrown a pick yet. Doesn't really get sacked. Um, and not only that, but the, the roster is really good as well. Kevin Malonga, a very big uh, end zone threat. I think he's got seven TDs. Um, and also, they have two uh, two very good defenders in uh, Umar Touré and Xavier um, Sauvé, as I talked with Iggy last week. Um, they're, they already have five and four, four picks, respectively, in four games. I think this team is all-around dominant. They have a great QB, and I think uh, – I, I don't know if I can see another team beating them. So – do they have a better offense or better defense? Because they, ha- they have the highest points for and the least amount of points given up so far, albeit those some teams have only played one game this season. Um, I think um, I think their offense is better at this point because it's just almost unprecedented how good Chris Zero has been. But their defense is elite as well. So, so you have them as the best team. I have them as a top four team right now in this division. Uh, I'm looking at West Island boys. I know they've played one game, Jerome, so far. Their own one, but I would imagine they're they're a team that might be in that conversation to perhaps give them, if it ends up being this team in the final or making a deep run, to give them their toughest test if they do meet up at some point, whether it's now or in the playoffs. Oh, I think we have a little technical difficulty with Jerome. Can you hear us now, Jerome? Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. There you go. So I was saying, yeah, I West Island, yeah, no worries, no worries. It's the Iggy connection right there, the Wi-Fi. But um, I was saying <laughs> for for the for the West Island boys, um, could they get the toughest test to COE, and, and that maybe they are the two teams that might go the deepest in four A. Um, obviously, uh, when we talk about West Island boys, the first name that comes to mind is Zach Stacy, and. Um, I think he's obviously close to uh, to to Vero, and, and that uh, in in terms of uh, efficiency and uh, being able to win games. So obviously, yes, I believe that uh, West Island boys are probably the big, the biggest the best team to challenge Isotari uh, Extreme. Um, then again, they lost Nick Dimalo, which is a huge piece. Um, so now you have to rely more on. Uh, you have to rely more on uh, Skyler Bailiff. And now you have, obviously, Joe McLaren-Thompson, who's a, a good second option. But losing Damalo is huge. And I think that's that's going to – that's why I prefer I prefer Zetek Extreme at this point. So let's say Nick Damalo was available. Do, do you put them higher as your best team, West Island boys? Oh, can you hear us now, uh, Jerome? Oh, yep, have... I lost you again. Sorry. No worries. No worries at all, Jerome. Yeah. Uh, as they say, Nick Damalo, if he was involved, would, would you have him as the best team in 4A? Who? Nick De- uh, with Nick Damalo. Um, with Nick Damalo, I think it's pretty close, um, but I'd still have it to take time, honestly. Fair enough. Uh, Oriola Poirier, uh, an up and coming receiver. And what. Oriola Poirier has done this year is remarkable. He's off to a great start, leads the league in, in yards and touchdowns. Um, in your mind right now, is he more likely to hit 1,000 receiving yards or 24 touchdowns? 
Um, both are incredible feats, uh, which I think are both uh, highly unlikely, just because it it's just it has really been done in FPF. Um, but I think the TDs are a bit more realistic. A thousand yards is, is it's, it's gotta be. Uh, you have to average a hundred yards per game, which is just when you have to play shorter fields at times. Right, um, but he, he's under 300 yards per game, like under 300 total yards right now through three games. So he's he's at 100 yards almost per clip here, uh, Jerome. Yeah, obviously, but small smaller sample size uh, over the course of a season, it's it's hard to maintain that. Although touchdowns, like he's yeah, needs what 17 and and seven. That's more realistic, in my opinion. Right. I, look, I'll say this about Oriola. I think he is scratching the surface as a receiver in this league. I know he plays tackle with Concordia University, but oh, we'll get the drone back in a couple of seconds here. We have a bit of a technical issue with them. I'll speak to a point about Oriola Poirier. I think he is a guy that if he continues to ascend in the hierarchy of the FPF world and this ecosystem of ours, um, he could end up being one of the best receivers in this league. And uh, I must say he's Pat Jerome level of 20,000 receiving yards. That's going to be impossible to reach especially with his commitment to football that he has and maybe the potential playing pro ball down the road. But Oriel Poirier has great, great skill sets that can make him a, a dy dynamic player for years to come. I think he could hit 1,000. If he continues to go 100 yards plus per game, he'll hit it for sure. He's on that clip right now. So I think he could be on his way towards that number uh, down the road. We'll be joined by, or by uh, Jerome Hovington, uh, hopefully in the coming seconds here. The Nightingale working on that behind the scenes. As uh, we get Jerome back, Jerome, uh, this Wi-Fi is almost like uh, your week one win against that opponent that you had in Brossard. <laughs> I went to 5G. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're the entire time. What's going on here, Jerome? I don't know. The Wi-Fi is just not co cooperating at the moment, so <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say about Oriel Poria. I, I think he, he's got he's got great potential, Jerome, to be one of the best receivers if he's going to be in this league for a long period of time. And I think if he does do so, I think he can have a, a fabulous career where he can hit some pretty big numbers in uh, in this world of uh, FPF. Um, obviously, uh, he's playing for Concordia as a receiver right now. Um, I don't know if he has hopes of maybe uh, going further, playing more uh, after his uh, university career. But um, yeah, he's he's got he's got all the tools. Honestly, the ball skills, the athleticism. He's he's got some some good height, and uh, I've seen that firsthand playing with him on Diamond Bougie. And right, uh, honestly, he's got a lot of potential. We were uh, we were really happy uh, when we got him on in Div Three. Uh, deep balls. How do you view this team? Uh, are they sort of that? I want to wait and see, or, or do you think they can be a challenger in this division? Um, I think they're pretty average. Um, not not to say that they're a bad team. I just don't know if I trust Justin Weir to um, to be as consistent. Um, he, he has been a, a bit streaky, and he throws a lot of uh, well, he balls, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> you know, he's only has uh, he only has uh, 51 attempts through uh, three games, um, which is not a lot. 10.2 yards per completion. Obviously, you're when you're throwing it uh, that deep, you're you're taking more risk and. Um, we know how valuable interceptions are in FPF. Right. Um, right. You also get sacked a lot, which you know can 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 just kill a drive at one point. Um, he's he's done a great job though defensively, uh, where with uh, three picks on defense. But I don't know if there are any other 
very talented defensive players on that team. So if he has a bad game, it could go uh, could go south uh, really quick. He's, he's got Matthew Peacock, uh, Matthew Peacock, a big part as a receiver. But I, I think we'll know, like their schedule is a little bit soft right now, uh, Jerome. But I think the final two games against West Island boys and I know you pimps are going to be the two teams to watch out for. I think backfield penetration might give them a run, but they they could run the table and get to six seven wins uh, before their their eighth and ninth and tenth games of the season. So I, I'm thinking of wait and see with them for now, but I, I think they have potential to be in that middle pack uh, going forward here. Uh, Nomads, um, a team led by Justin Lavallee, Tony Corey, J.R. Verger. Uh, do they go as far as either Justin Lavallee or is it J.R. Verger that will carry them to success? Obviously, it's harder to carry a team as a wide receiver, but uh... – Verger is really talented. He's been in FEF for uh, for so long, and he has a lot of experience. Um, great receiver. He hasn't played a lot in the past few years and hasn't been as dominant as, as he perhaps once was. Um, perhaps age has taken a, a bit of a toll there, but um, Lavallee is, uh, is a really good QB. He's had some great seasons. Um, first game, he was uh, very good. Um, Obviously took his team over the hump against the uh, bad boost ballers, but then he comes in uh, game number two and he struggles a lot. He throws three picks. He only gets two touchdowns. His team loses. Well, technically they're they're going to win because uh, Jack Zergiotis was throwing <laughs> for um, <laughs> for uh, Jesus. What's their name? I forgot. Um, Anyways, Smitty McCall gang. Yeah, Smitty yeah, McCall yeah. gang. Uh, yeah. As our guild is throwing, and uh, they're going to get the loss, so uh, Nomads move to a 2-0. But, right. uh, yeah, Lavalier will have to be more consistent. And um, obviously, uh, we know we can have a great game, but we also know we can have some tough games. And uh, Yeah. Um, on, yeah. To four, on to 4B, Jerome. When you look at the 2 on one teams, uh, you got Team Sexy, Renard, Viff, and I'm forgetting the third team right now off my head because I've put Team Sexy twice in this list here. But at two, the two-on-one teams right now, who, who do you have as the best of the two-on-one teams uh, going towards the end of January? Um, this is a very interesting question because uh, all three teams are at a very similar level. So it's a hard question. Um, you have a bit of evidence. Uh, Killerays has beaten uh, Renal Vif 42-34. Um, Renal Vif did beat Team Sexy 33-30. Um, I'm going to go for number one with Renard Vif, yeah. despite, uh, despite the loss to Killer Rays, because I just trust Jacob Salvay more than the two other quarterbacks. Um, he's won. He's won the, the spring cup as well uh, during the spring season. Obviously. And he only threw one pick in that season. And I think it was 35 touchdowns. Um, he's, he's really good. He's a double threat. He can run the ball. Um, the only thing with Renard Vif is they have a very big roster, which might hurt him uh, down the line. Right. But I think I, I think that's the team I would pick for number one. For number two, I would go with Killer Rays, um, based on the fact that Tyler Bianchi and Tyler Gerberg, of course, have a great connection. We know uh, all about uh, Gerberg and his uh, immense number of targets. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Killer Rays also have Curtis Ryan and uh, Eden Laridar, which is a, a really Really good uh, supporting cast. Um, I'm not putting them first despite them beating Renal Vif because I know that firsthand from playing uh, Bianchi a couple times, I know that there are some things that defenses can do to uh, to uh, to limit his offense. 
Um, um, so go ahead. And lastly, Team, yeah. team Sexy. Team Sexy at number three, um, based mostly on Benjamin Belbrier. I don't, I don't love the way he throws the ball. Um, I think he's really, really solid, but maybe against a more athletic defense is going to struggle. Um, but they do have some two of two, two great studs in Sam Anastop Fasopoulos and Andrew Steinberg. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Team Sexy is probably a year away from being legit. I think uh, Killer Rays, that's my team. They're, they're on a vengeance tour because of what happened last year. They didn't play well in the spring season and, and that. So I think they're going to be the team to watch out for. They're, they're fascinating. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but, I, but I think those three teams are going to be a factor towards the end of the season. Um, fourth and Schlong, have they been unlucky or are they a legit 0-2 team? Because they've had two very close losses so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent team. Um, obviously, the differential is encouraging. Um, it's also interesting that they have uh, George Kutsukus at QB instead of Justin Lerner, despite him being on the squad. But uh, he's done well. I think their biggest issue is going to be the defense, as we saw they got... Uh, yeah, ran over by uh, those two uh, two offenses in their past two games. Um, I don't I don't see them necessarily as a bottom bottom feeding team, but they will. Uh, I think they'll definitely end up below five hundred, probably a three seven or four and six. Okay, and finally, um, which div four QB? Sorry, which four B QB would you build your roster right now? Because there, there's some young ones in this division that could have a potential. Um, flourishing career. So is there a quarterback you're looking at that could be a franchise FPF player for the next decade in this league? Um, obviously, uh, the past has shown that that should be Jacob Salvay. Um, obviously, he's very dynamic. He has great decision-making. Um, the only thing I don't love with him is that he has a bit of a, a lack of, of height, which might hurt him when it comes to uh, moving up divisions. Um, I think I tend to think that mobile QBs kind of lose a bit of, uh, of effectiveness when they move up divisions. So if I go more in that mindset of the potential, like if I see a QB going maybe Div 2, Div 3, perhaps even Div 1, uh, I'd go with either a Bianchi or a Justin Gauthier. Um, they're, they have, they're more modeled like uh, usually uh, usual quarterbacks and we see in higher divisions with uh, great balls, great instincts, and a, you know, a, a bit more height. There's also a... Noah Sominadan, who's another great child, very, very young. Um, he's obviously a bit inexperienced. He gets sacked a lot, but uh, he has a lot of potential. All right, Jerome, thank you so much for joining with us, man. Um, what, do you, what do we have lined up for you when it comes to the Div 4A and 4B coverage this week, my friend? I haven't thought about it yet, but uh, I'll try to find something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's work on the Wi-Fi first. Let's get the 5G going. Then we can work on something interesting. <laughs> Yes, sure. I, I appreciate it, my dude. I look forward to conversing with you during the season, man. Uh, you're, you're one of the good ones in this league. Can't wait. I love your intensity. And I can't wait for you to bring it some more when we have these future conversations down the road, my friend. Thank you so much. For sure. Thank you, Mo. Have a wonderful uh, rest of the podcast. Take care, my dude. We'll, we'll be on 5G on this podcast. That's for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Jerome. You too. That's Jerome Hovington, uh, covering 4A and 4B. Um, let's dive into it now. Let's get our next guest. He's been on the on deck circle for a last minute or two, and I don't want him to sack me uh, in the open uh, fields of FPF. Our, our man coming 5A and 5B, Zachary Alberts Gills. Zach, how you been, brother? Oh, oh, no. yes, Zach, my friend. How you been, brother? 
Uh, Bring good. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear, my dude. How you been? Uh, good, good, good. Pretty good. How you been, Mo? I am well. I, I know last week we had the spreadsheet discovery that you you watch, you track how many sacks you get. Do you know? I, I need to ask you. Do you know? In your career, it's it's been what now over a decade, right? Uh yeah, since twenty sixteen. Right, so, so we're approaching a decade, uh, about seven, mm -hmm. eight years, whatever it is. Um, do you know which quarterback you sacked the most in your FPF career? We, oh no, I I don't. I actually there. I wish I did. I'll, I'll give a shout out to um, <laughs> uh, who, who did I? Play? What's his name? I played against him yesterday. No, on Saturday. Oh my God, it's gonna hurt. That quarterback, yes. Yeah, that guy. You all that know guy. him. It's that guy. He runs around. Shout out to him. <laughs> so you don't know? Like, I, I thought you would no, have known. Like, I, I, like, honestly, I played in uh, so many divisions, so many different teams. I've seen so many different quarterbacks. That There are a few I recognize. There are a few I know I'm going to have a couple sacks that game, but they're right. going to get by me. But I couldn't tell you how many and who's the most. Uh, the easiest quarterback you sacked is who? Easiest quarterback? Oh, it had to have been like a, a, a the guy. Actually, the easiest quarterback I sacked was in a Div C game, uh, I believe, or a Div a, Div C or Div A, and for like the ref was just calling those sacks just so quickly. The guy was trying to throw them for incomplete passes, and the ref was just awarding them to me. I think I got like five or seven in that game. I was very thankful. You don't you don't know the name of the quarterback? You just trying to put him uh, put him MIA. Mo, I, I got I got to make more revelations every time I come out here. Uh, I I don't I remember numbers. All right, Mo. If you're a quarterback, you're just a number for how many times you get sacked per year, how many rushes you do, how many yards you get, and how fast I have to run. Uh, I, I feel like you'd be one of those type of guys that would have like a log cabin, and you know you know when you go to like those like those chalets and they have those animal heads on on the walls of the of the fireplace. I think yeah, you would just be the one that would have like you know the uh, like the like the player's head or the player's uniform on your uh, on your man cave. There you go. You know, if I, <laughs> if I get three or more sacks, you get to be on my wall. Of course. Uh, let's dive into it, Zach. Um, of the own two teams in five A, uh, who can rebound from their start? A squad, Ski Yee, Vice City, Super Troopers, or Vultures? Who are all own two at this point in the season? Yeah, I really appreciate the uh, pronunciation of Ski Yee because I I didn't really know how to do that and what that was um you gotta listen to the song man it's hot man it's, it was it's, hot last it's time. a song it's a song yeah i'm i'm young in present but i'm old at heart mo that's right um so <laughs> i would say well listen i'm gonna always bank on my own team stupid troopers is the way to go like uh we're gonna bounce back there's been a, a rough start coming out the gates uh but I, I think we're definitely gonna come back but if i had to give an unbiased opinion uh, I really like Vultures, uh, to be honest. I, I looked at their first game. I think it was a forfeit because one of their players busted the cap or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, anyway, I think if you looked at their score, they actually won that game uh, before their forfeit. They got like eight yeah. picks or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, they lost by one point to Ducks, um, which was a team that just beat the Thunder buddies that I wasn't sure that they were going to beat. And so, like, listen, when you got Ben McMahon, apparently, I think I'm gonna, I just call them out like his brother or something, Austin McMahon. There's a Gary McMahon on the team. Like, I'm just, it's, it's just like WWE right now, right? The McMahons are coming in. Uh, I'm just waiting for a total takeover. Well, 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 you know what? Raw's going to Netflix now, man. Maybe this show going Netflix. You know, really? man, Mo, you're coming down with all this hot gossip. I have to, man. Know. I came down this morning. They, they signed a deal for next, uh, next winter, 2025. They're going to Netflix. So, yeah. maybe we go. 
Netflix, man. We'll, we'll do like a, like a show with you and I. We'll go on Netflix here. Here, plus well, vultures. Um, I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll find their way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben is a great. I think he's really evolved as a quarterback, and I think he'll be okay. I'm this. I'm this worried about a squad. If maybe they're 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 punching a little bit above their weight class for where they are in the season. Um, this is an old school team, right? This is a team that's played for many years uh, before that. I think you guys be okay. I don't, I'm not worried about you guys. You guys always put on a, on a run towards the middle part of the season. Ski yee and and Vice City. Uh, we got figured out. Like I, I think that's TBD right now. But here's the yeah. thing: because the schedule is so stretched out or so condensed for certain teams, like there's teams that might play like five games before before the Super Bowl bye week in two weeks. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, some like, of them have three yeah, breaks. Really, man. Like it's it's tough credit to kind of uh, clean up and clear off your your debt and if you're trying yeah. to get back to that playoff race going towards the end of February. Yeah. First, I thought it would be the worst thing to have your bye weeks at the beginning because then all the teams got a couple practice rounds in. You were slow off the start, but I actually think having that break in the middle, uh, if you've got a couple bye weeks smack dab in the middle of the season, like it's yeah. going to be hard to recover when all these teams start getting on streaks coming right. towards the end. Right, right, right. Um, quarterback play, Marty Freeman, the Marty Party. Uh, could he take the next step in his quarterback development? Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what do you mean by that? Are you talking about, like, can he do better? Or are you saying yeah, can, can he, he can, Is he a guy that you circle on, on, your, on, your, uh, on your data sheet as a pass rusher that, yeah, this guy has the, the, the tangibles, the, the tools to be a good quarterback that can – Pass for thirty plus touchdowns, throw for over fifteen hundred yards per season, and, and get the wins for his team. Well, you know, looking at stats when I was uh, writing up for his team, I think they were one of the reviews I did it in week one. You know, I was looking through, I was like, oh no, not at all. And then I see just this one blimp of a season recently that has like just thirty-seven touchdowns, um, and I think what. Yeah, 12 interceptions, but it had like over a 1,000 yards. I think it was four Hail Martys. It must have been. Um, but the point being is he's already almost hit 300 yards in two games. He got seven TDs. He, he's, he's not running that much, but he's only been sacked once. But I don't like the interceptions. Two a game, I think, is a, is a little bit much if, if you want to pull away from games. Right, right, right. Uh, Le Petit Carats, are they maybe the Detroit Lions of this division? Detroit Lions. I, you know what? I think they've only played one game, uh, but I really like them. Uh, I like the name. For some reason, it sticks with me. Um, but I think I, I, I even circled them back on my sheet when I write up questions for myself when I do my articles. Check in, like, game four. Because uh, I think they have people – like, they have good teams coming up. I think their next team is Strapaholics. It's a good That's team. Good. Oh, my gosh. I just got whooped by them, uh, like, last night, uh, and it was not pretty. Um, Matt Kerouac, three sacks on Kenny Boutillier, who, who was hurt, unfortunately, got hurt. Oh, no. But fun game, great bunch of guys, but super athletic and, like, willing to put their body on the line. So if they can come away with a win then, I got you, Mo, Detroit Lions. But Yeah, uh, they, they, they could be the Lions. I don't think, I don't think they're going to bite knee, kneecaps. I don't think they're doing that. <laughs> right? Uh, they're not one of, you know, the, the classic Dan Campbell line, punches in the, in the mouth. We'll, we'll get up. We'll have no teeth. We'll still punch you back. Like, not that type of. Uh, no, 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 no. But but they they have like you know this team. They've been there. They're a bunch of former Champlain guys. They've been together for a couple of years now in this league. 
I think they have a chance to kind of be under the radar and and maybe be a six-win team after maybe it's all said and done for them this season. A six-win team? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I'll go with that, though, you know. Um, uh, 5B, 5B, Zach. Um, Surprise that there are six undefeated teams at this point of the regular season. I know it's early, but there's some teams who played three, if not four games already. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't – no, I couldn't predict this. I I was not expecting this. Uh, I'm really bad at my predictions, turns out, as I write my articles, but I I definitely could not have predicted this. You know, three of the teams have only played two games, like Wind Diesel, Shea Benny Express, Maccabees. And I think if I looked at their schedule, like Wind Diesel's playing Brewers, I think Wind Diesel's is going to win that one. The other two were were a little bit more difficult for me to call just off I, but like even four or five teams undefeated at the end of the season is crazy. Um, I think they'd be able to keep it up. I think most of them have it in them for at least two to three more weeks, maybe four, and then I think that's when we're going to see the split. I think we got some undefeated teams for a while. Yeah, I think Mac. Unfortunately for Maccabees, they had a forfeit win last week. Uh, the team went to the other mm. other field in Laval instead of there, and oh. I was there because I had to kind of sort out the whole mess. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that happened. Sucks. Unfortunately, it was unfortunate for that to happen. Uh, but Maccabees, like you know, they were there last year, last winter, and they went to overtime um, in their in their playoff loss. I think it was. I remember they were, they, they were in the playoff losses though. Okay. But I think it'd be okay. I, I think Maccabees will. will when the dust sells, I think Maccabees can be seven three. Seven and I think, three. I think seven three. Yeah, I think the undefeated talk can it will shrink, you know, from six to whatever it is, uh, Zach. But I think we get to undefeated probably by weeks 10, 11, 12. But mm. I don't think there'll be any undefeated left. I think there'll be one lost team, but I don't think there'll be any undefeated still. You okay, you're saying by week twelve, no undefeated teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I think this this division is a lot closer than we expect. I, I do, which is why I think I think if I think we'll have one or two. I really think Win Diesel has it in them now. Like I tr- checked out their schedule last week. Yeah. I think they have it in them to be undefeated by week twelve. And I'd right. like Rampins to surprise me without just being able to s- speed through to the end. Well, you know why I like Rampins, right? Best logo. Best logo. I'm with you, Mo. I, you know, I haven't looked it up, but uh, I told him, you know, I, I'm with him because you're with him. You know, a logo's a logo. I like Best it. logo. Ask Iggy about that. He despises their logo. Iggy's no fun when it comes to this stuff. Uh, look, own four right now, Vengeance. Are they in trouble? Because they're they're now two games back for the last playoffs. But I know it's funny we talk about playoffs and all this here. Mm-hmm. But they're, they are own four. And we talk about teams playing five games before the break. Are they in trouble? The in trouble, I think they can pull it out. I looked at their team. I, I really think I, you know, I thought they were going to win a couple games and they didn't. I still think they can muster out maybe two or three. I'd like to give them four wins, but even if it's two, I don't know if it's enough to get them out of the red zone. Um, but really, it's just the fact that they have six games left to play in 11 weeks. Like, the that's games back. That's, you know, like that's yeah, like that that's one game every two weeks, if that or whatever, or if you don't breaks like that might just be spread out really weird. That's what I'd be worried how their schedule messes them over. And and I don't I don't know if they're gonna actually make it out of the red zone, but I hope they do. Yeah, it, it's gonna be tough, man. I was looking at it, I said, My God, because you know, again, the imbalanced schedule of games being played yeah. in robust numbers early on in the season has hurt. 
and and this team might unfortunately be caught by the fact that they might might run out of racetrack when it's all done for their season. It doesn't so, help when you're you know letting twenty five points a game, right? Like it, it, that they're they're one hundred seven points against, which yeah. would be okay if you could score you know twenty points a game. Right. But I think they're a little low on that as well. So uh, on the flip side, are you buying Tune Squad? Tune Squad. Mo, you. Don't even have to sell me on Toon Squad. I love Looney Tunes. I'm absolutely in for Toon Squad. They are in part my, uh, even though it didn't pan out, my saviors. Uh, I think in the FPF Cup, uh, they knocked out Cookie Monsters uh, in the double eliminations. I lost to Cookie Monsters in the uh, top tier bracket, came down. And was gonna have to face Cookie Monsters, I think, and Toon Squad kicked them out. And yeah, I don't like rushing against. Uh, I can't remember the name. I never remember names. Sorry, people, you're just numbers. But uh, Diamond Bougie, uh, I mean Cookie Monster uh, quarterback, the Diamond Bougie receiver guy, uh, super awesome. Uh, is it uh, was it Jerome Hamilton or is it Manuel Lavoie? Ooh, I don't think it was. Uh, I forget. I'm say man. Jerome. You know, it's it's, it's, it's no, it's, it wasn't any of those. Yeah, it's been so long, man. Since I did that. Here. I, I think Toon Squad. Sure. I think this is their year. I think this Toon Squad's like year to make a deep run. I, I think they go Final Four. Final Four. I think I, so. Yeah. I think you know what? I think so too. Like coming out as good as they have, um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, I got the Final Four. I think they can definitely make a run for that. Uh, look, we, we know who do you think the final four is, Mo? Who do you think the final four is? Oh, Felix Boutet. Sorry, oh, Felix Boutet. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? As I get the division up here, because I had the wrong division, uh, talking to you, by the way, nice. <laughs> nice. that's 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 the costume of pro that I am having the wrong division up. I'm so used to Eagle doing this stuff for me, you know. Eagle does so much for us. Um, if I had to lay it out right now for, for the final four, look, I think Rathbuns are in there, two squad are in there, when Diesel will be in there. And I got mm -hmm. Maccabees. I think Maccabees are going to sneak in there in the final four. Yeah, I really do. I really think so. I really think that's going to be uh, something to watch out for moving towards the the, the, the remainder of the season is Maccabees being a factor uh, in the season. So, you know, I like them a lot, man. I really do. I really do. I like it. I like uh, it. Look, I, yeah. yeah look, it, it's early, though, right? Like, it's only January. You know, playoffs are only mid-April. We're, we're, we're three months away, but as stupid as it sounds, though, Zach, it, it could change. It, it could change. Look at the Eagles. They fell off the Eagles. Uh, completely don't flat. remind me, Mo. I know. It hurts. I know. Um, speaking of hurting, pass rushing. Uh, it, it's so rare. It's not often. I'm not saying it's rare, but it's, it's not rare, but it's not often that a pass rusher can win player of the year, or defense player of the year. Uh, but in 5B, Yannick Graham already had six sacks through three games. If you prorate that, he's on the he's on a pace for 20. Do you think he's the early leader for DPOY? Ooh, I like it. Listen, the hardest thing every season for me is clicking that defensive player stat page and having to be like, oh, look how many stats I got. That's great. And then seeing someone with like five interceptions and being like, it that could be more than enough to beat out all of my sacks, right? Like right. it's a painful process, but 20 sacks, like when you hit those double digits, that's when people, I think, start looking at you. When you get a 10 plus, you're in a contention, I think, if you can get a couple PDs without a good couple tackles. Uh, as soon as you hit the 15 plus, 
I think you definitely should be in talks. Like that's a lot of play stop and, and 20 should be, in my opinion, you should almost be guaranteed. You know, Zach, I, I just think that the, the pass rusher is not respected when it comes to the awards though. I, I can't Mo. I can't say anything about FPF awards. I have too many of them as a rusher to, to say they yeah, don't award I can see his blind in your mirror in the background. <laughs> but but I, I would agree that, yeah, yeah rushers are, as I play the game more and more, in some parts, more important than a, than a quarterback, right? Like, if you can get a bad quarterback and get a couple passes completed, great. If you get a great rusher that makes the quarterback scared every single play and he doesn't get right. anything off, you don't have to do anything. Fair enough. Uh, before we let you go, Zach, uh, what do you have lined up for 5A and 5B for this week's article, my friend? Ooh, boy. Well, last week I talked about uh, triples somewhere, so I guess this week I'll talk about uh, quadruples. I love the Ninja Turtles, so shout out to them, and uh, some articles coming up soon. I'm going to go write them right now. All right, my dude. Yeah, Let's go remember who you sacked the most, and we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> okay, I'll bring it next week. Yes, sure, my dude. All right, my All man. Right. Have a great week. Thanks so much, Zach. Thanks, Mo. Zachary Albert Skill on with us, 5A, 5B. Uh, recapping that with them. Always look forward to reading his article. Great dude overall. Great teammates. Uh, and and it's, it's, he's a really cool dude. And I always enjoyed conversing with him. Nice guy. And uh, go read his article for 5A and 5B as uh, it's a really good stuff to look at as well. Uh, we're going to be joined by Manu Alahuar in the coming seconds here. Uh, Manu Alahuar is uh, going to be on with us to talk about Div 3. We'll ask him what shampoo he used this week. Uh, Manu, can you hear us, my friend? How you been, my dude? Doing good. How about you, Mo? I'm well. I forgot to ask you, what conditioner do you use, man, for your, for your lovely Vidal Sassoon hair that you have going on there? Head and shoulders, baby. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use that as your nickname on a broadcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, like when you when you moss somebody, I'd be like, Alahua was head and shoulders above for the touchdown. I like that. I like that. I really like that. <laughs> but by the way, <laughs> how far do I have to go into your house to find something that's FPF related? Uh, it would have to be um, right there. I have my shoes just there. So right at right when I enter, you see my shoes. They're there. Okay, are you going to retire the cleats, or are they going to be used for another year, another season or two? Oh, no, no, they're 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 still good because they're they're broken and they fit well now. <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> when you have a good shoe that fits your feet, you don't let them go. That's for sure. Exactly, though. exactly. <laughs> it's the lucky uh, shoes. <laughs> no question. Let, let's dive into Div Three, Manu. Yes. Um, group D. It, it's starting to shape up here. You know, because you're in this division yeah. as well. Uh, Group D is starting to shape up. Uh, how many wins will it take to win this division? Because you got Triple Bs at 3-0. You got Lightweight at 2-0. You got Backyard Bullies at 2-1. And that one loss came against Lightweight on a one-point game. And you got you guys at 1-0 and about to play your schedule. So is 7 going to be enough to win this division? Man, I think I think no. I think it's, it's going to take 9 wins to win the division. Really? Yep. I, I think uh, the the team that's going to finish first is going to only have one loss, and um, it's it's going to come down to, to this because it's a it's a heavy hitters uh, division. When you look at it, you got the Beer Belly Brigade who started off three and zero, really impressive wins over uh, Kiss My In Laws, 
uh, Air Force One. Um, then you got Backyard Bullies that they're always going to be in the mix. And Lightweight, uh, didn't see them play yet this season, but I'm really interested in how they're, they're going to fare out for the, for the rest of the season. I don't know if nine's going to be reached, uh, Manu, because I, I look at it this way. I know you got Jerome Hovindson and, and your team's loaded, and I think yeah, this yeah. team has a playmaker. I don't know if I, – I, I think eight should be more than enough. I think eight if, – if everyone's at eight wins, which I think is going to be impossible, but if it ends, ends up being eight wins, I think that's more likely than nine. Uh, I think seven might be the cutoff. But I just don't know if nine can be attained, given how that group, that division, there are some big names that could very well be in the finals on, in the first week of May. No, hundred uh, percent. But uh, I'm I'm confident that one team is gonna is gonna reach nine wins. Uh, I don't know which team is it. I won't tell you. <laughs> You're saying that they're head and shoulders above the competition. Then that they're they're uh, yeah, I could say that. <laughs> Very well then. I, I think I think we know the initials to that team's name. Triple B's. Uh, exactly. Alex. <laughs> uh, Mel's, Mel's Angels. How intrigued yeah. are you by this team? This roster with Jimmy Dejanvier and, and AJ Gomez and, and a couple other guys. They got some decent names in this roster. I know they got wrecked the first game, but they could make some noise in Div three this season. Hundred uh, percent. I feel like the, the the roster shows up for for the games because I think they were missing couple of players uh, earlier in the in the year but if you got AJ out there playing uh, I think he's going to play quarterback uh he's, he can make some magic happen we know we know how AJ is he's the top player in uh, in FPF uh as receiver defender but he's getting there as a QB uh he had a little little uh experience in tier one during the fall so I think if he can get going and really show up to the game and take it seriously take it like a div one game um I think they, this team can can do some damage, but I don't know uh, if if I see them finishing in the top of their of their uh, of their group. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, they're, they're on one, so they're they just starting off their campaign. I, I think in that group, as you can see on, on the screen of yours, uh, for those who are watching, um, ECW, they're probably the best. Brotherhood took a hit with the Jamal Gibbons now being hurt. Yeah. A team, we'll see what they do. Green Deal Human Beings, I think, will, will make its way up the ladder. But I think they are going to be between two, three, and four. I think that's where their, their range is for this season. Would you agree? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good take, but I don't see them. Uh, I see them under four. I see them five, six, or seven. So you're saying right now that uh, – so you're saying five, six, seven. Okay, so you're saying that ECW is better than them? Uh, of course. Easy. Brotherhood? From, uh, yeah. A team? Not quite sure. Green Deal Human Beans? Yes. Okay, well, what about Blue Chips and Mongoose? I think uh, it's, it's going to continue in, in what we're going to talk uh, later in the, in the yeah. podcast, but I think uh, Blue, Chicks, Blue Chips is going gonna, is gonna to bounce back. Okay, so well, I we'll, think Blue we'll, get, Chips we'll gonna... get to them in our next question. Here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so, so you, you, wow, you really think Miles Angels isn't the, – they're more middle to lower division then? Yeah, I – I think for for now, but they only play they only play one game, so there's right. still a lot of football to be played. And you were talking with uh, with Zach; it's a really really long season, it so yeah. it can switch. And by the end of uh, coming coming down to Mar end of March April, uh, they could very well be in the like you said in the top four of uh, the group. Right. 
Uh, more faith. Speaking of teams, Mongoose and Blue Chips. Yep. Who do you have more faith to come out of their own three start and kind of get back to that playoff race? It's got to be Blue Chips. Uh, I saw them play. They're good. They got some players. They got some some youth. They got some experience. They, to me, they sh they should bounce back and they have to bounce back really quick. It it had to it has to be the next game. They have to get a win. Sanders Armand has to come out and um, be uh, the leader of this team. I think they they need someone with uh, with drive and that that can guide them because right. there's a bunch of a lot of uh, younger players I think uh, that play tackle football that they brought in the team, but they also got some some veterans on, on there. But I think he's got to take the charge and Sanders is my teammate. So Sanders, if you're listening, go win this game, man. You can Does he do know it. your name. Sanders doesn't know my name. I, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm just, think I'm just a guy. I'm just guy. Hey, Matt. No, it's Manu. Yeah. Whatever. Sure, whatever <laughs> it is. You know. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll say this. Right. If both teams go zero and four, they're in serious trouble. Yeah, I know for sure. Because 100%. you got six games to make up four games to get 500 and then you have two more games to maybe get to above 500 so i think if they lose next game they're, they're in trouble they're, they're in trouble in, in that sense right so we'll we'll see because they they play males angels so it's gonna there be you go good, uh, that, that, that's a circle for free right there you got to circle that game i knew right and, and yeah, go from yeah. there how that plays it's out right there uh alexander Fafal, um he's right now the leading passer in and and in, 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 in div three and the leading rusher right now in, in stats yep. is he your early favorite to win quarterback of the year for sure for uh, i was going right now uh of course how, how can you say no uh he's playing really well i saw him playing in brassard a few few weeks ago uh he's he's poised he's calm in, in, in the pocket he also has a great ability to run uh, this team, uh, Beer Belly Brigade, they're they're really legit this season, uh, especially coming out coming off a big win against Iggy and uh, Kiss My In Laws. Uh, I oh, know those are the best wins. <laughs> those are the best wins, I guarantee you. <laughs> but um, it wasn't the full roster on, on KMI's hand, but it's still a really impressive victory. And uh, I gotta give it give it to to the team. Not just the quarterback, but the whole team. They they found ways to get open while Fafal tries to buy time, and they are really success, successful as that. But I won't give QB of the year just just yet, just because it's it's too it's too early. But I, I look at the other quarterbacks. I look at Simon Blais. I look at uh, Jeremy White. There's a uh, quarterbacks that are always there. Iggy, of course, and um, yeah. So I think it's 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 going to be interesting how, how it pans out with our QB of the year race. Yeah, I think Simone Blaze played well. I think he's off a good start. Uh, Jeremy White will be fine. I think yep. what Fafal brings is that he's he's more mature at the quarterback position. Like he's not bailing on his leg. He's not bailing on his arm to run. Like he he's now seeing it different. Like I always tell us to Iggy and Peasy, uh, there there are quarterbacks that can make passes, and there's quarterbacks that can make throws. He's going from making passes to now making some throws. And being more mature as a quarterback at this level. No, I totally agree. Uh, you can see the the progression uh, throughout the years, and he's someone that has keep on playing every every season. He, he's been there uh, at least since, since I came in the league. Uh, right. I always saw Beer Belly Brigade uh, signing up for the. So they keep building that momentum. The roster didn't change a lot, so it's the same guys. They're gonna be scary this season. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but on the flip side, are you surprised by the low receiving yards out of the gates for Div 3 for some of these pass catchers? Because we don't have anyone above 200 yards yet through two, if not three games. And they're not many like eye-popping numbers that we normally see from this position group after a few weeks of play. No, I feel, I feel like QBs in Div 3 spread out the ball a lot now. So you don't see a top receiver. Um, I feel like uh, Div 3 uh, is, is not going to be the year of a star. You're going to see someone like uh, who's going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of, lot of uh, stats, but it's going to be spread out throughout. But now we have uh, Olivier Claveau from Beer Belly Brigade, seven touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, that's that's massive, man. In three games, that's that's uh, that's a lot, man. So he's definitely uh, there up there. But I look at all the other guys, and man, there's some there's some really 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 great receivers in the, in Div Three. So you can see he's head and shoulders above the competition, then. He's head and shoulders, of course. Uh, I just got to. I don't remember his, his hair, but I, I'd say he is. <laughs> we'll, we'll have we'll have the best we'll – put in the article next week or next couple weeks, the best hair Div 3 is who? We'll, we'll have to survey that. And, and we could do a survey for that, right? And, and we'll, we'll get – like we'll, we'll get the crack team at FPF to put together a, a, a survey here for, for that. All right, uh, uh, Manu, last question for you. Yeah. Um, by the time you come on to this show, whether it's with Iggy or I next week, the biggest headline of Div Three will be what? The biggest story would be one uh, is three and one, and already topped their uh, their previous winter season two wins. They only have two wins in twenty twenty three. So coming next week, they're going to be three and one, uh, beating Brotherhood, and it's going to be a big. It's a to me, it's a big story because that's that was a team that was in the bottom of the rankings uh, last season, and now they're coming out the gate strong with a little bit of a revamp roster but Simon Blais is still playing amazing and just he's he's got to get on this uh, the receiver's got to get on the same page with him and couple mistakes that can be uh can be avoided but if this team uh really plays at their full potential um they're going to be they're going to go far yeah like I said I think Simon Blais really like he's stepped up really well like I mean he's yep. seen the field a lot clearer than before I score kept, I think, now two of his – I think three of his games now. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I score kept a bunch of his games. And there's, there's no angst in his in his processing ability. I think he's he's very cool, serene in the pocket. And I think that's going to be yeah. key for him to, to grow as a quarterback. But I'll, we'll, we'll look at that headline coming up next week. That's the biggest headline if that's going to be 3-1 for them. Uh, Manu, what do you have lined up for Diff 3 coming up uh, this week for your article, my friend? Uh, it's – we're gonna find out because I really want to give a good good article. So I'm still working. I, I haven't released one uh, this week, but I'll be sure to to bring you guys something to the reader, something to read uh, for for uh, before uh, next Saturday. Excellent, Manu. I really appreciate it, brother. Uh, you were definitely head and shoulders above the competition today, my friend. And uh, uh, look forward to conversing with you or with Iggy whenever that might be. And I uh, look forward to reading your article in the next couple of days here, my friend. Thank you, Mo. Always a pleasure uh, talking a uh, flag with you. And uh, have a great night and a uh, uh, great rest of the show. Always, brother. Take care, man. See you, bro. That's Manu Adarwa on with us at Breakdown Div 3. Always a great guest to have on with us. Uh, him and Jerome Homington and Zachary Albert Gales. These are guys that are, are loyal to the FPF brand, that love the support of the FPF. 
and uh, the passion you see, right? They, they, they enjoy the insights that comes with it. And I, I certainly enjoy talking to these guys um, about the FPF world and the community that we have um, in this uh, ecosystem of ours for the FPF here. Uh, Nightingale, uh, do we have our next guest ready to roll with us? Excellent. This is a guy I don't like talking to. I talked to him like 10 times a day on the most musical stuff here. So I got to now end off the show with him. Uh, I want to talk to come to play here. Uh, uh, he's the host of the Thursday brand of CTA, uh, which is like the like the smackdown to the raw this Tuesday night brand of CTA. Uh, Iggy, what's going on, brother? Hey, Mo. How's it going? Uh, good, good. I was able to catch the little uh, last two, three minutes of you and my new great stuff there. Yeah, we give you a nice little shot there as well. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's dive into 35 plus KTFL and, and 35 Legends, my friend. Um, a, a lot to get to with these two divisions, first and foremost. And um, you know, we're through a couple of games in uh, in the KTFL uh, situation. Uh, Brody Windsor, GNJ are all 2-0. Flag Plus on Rock are 0-2. Uh, I'm a bit surprised. I, I thought Flag Plus would be uh, more uh, of a – I thought they would have had one win by now than, than being 0-2. Uh, I mean, maybe. But like like I kind of commented last week on uh, on the episode, uh, Brody Windsor and JMJ have, have the two best quarterbacks in the division. And, and when you have the best quarterbacks – that you're 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 a notch above the other teams, uh, you know, just on plain paper, right? Uh, not to not to say and and disparage Jason Rossi season, um, but the core around Jason Rossi for Flag Plus, it's just missing. It's missing. Uh, I'd say depth on, on on the squad. There's you know Tony Lala, Vince Nardone, uh, Kareem Yasmin that can do damage there. Um, but other than that, they're missing, I think, speed, which uh, some of the other teams have. Yeah, I think, you know, a guy like uh, Jason Rossi for, for Flag Plus, he, he's always been a, a notorious slow starter out of the gates, and then he picks it up midway through the season, and then that's when he puts on Jason Rossi-like Jason Rossi numbers. But you look at Brody Windsor, you know, Sean Avram, you know, Vinny Galano, Jatteridi, I think already you have three Hall of Famers from the FPF world who are on one team for Brody Windsor. And I just think that that's a really good uh, roster to have overall and how they played so far this season. Yeah, and, and uh, of course, Sean and Vinny playing uh, together with backyard bullies, right? So they're developing that chemistry on more than one team. So that that already gives them, uh, I think, an edge over uh, over some of the other teams. And then just Vinny playing in, and, and they're playing in division three, right. And seeing success. So I think defensively uh, that that's going to help them a lot. Vinny's a very good defensive player where uh, he's going to produce a lot of interceptions where a lot of other teams aren't. Yeah. Um, on rock with our guys that we know very well, you, you think about uh, Alex Lever, you know, like he's an old school guy. Chris also, we know very well. Um, I think they find their, their, their way eventually. I think this is a team that, again, they have a lot of FPF experience, but I think it's a matter of, of clicking, and they have not found that uh, tonic yet. I think they will eventually as they move along in the season. I mean, they put up 30 in their first, uh, first game and 36 in their second, losing by one point to JMJ. So I'm not too worried offensively. Um, hmm. 
Uh, Chris Olsen's been doing, uh, and, and Alex Lieber, a combination of the two, have been doing a good enough job offensively. Not, they're not putting up 10 to 12 points, right? So I'm, I'm not worried there. It's, it's more defensively, right? They only have two interceptions in two games, uh, and uh, those coming from Chris Brockwell and, and Wayne Burke. Uh, I, I'm going to need guys like Tanner Burrell, David Weiss. I need more contributions for them, again, on the defensive side. On to 35-plus uh, legends here. Are you surprised Bearskins have scored less points than what they've given up through two games? Through games, I beg your pardon. Yes, that's uh, dev- like you tell me one of the teams that's going to put up points uh, in mass. Uh, you'd, you'd think that'd be Bearskins, right? Right along pacemakers. And uh, so definitely surprised that, you know, even even just generally 57 points, even if they had given up uh, 20, 57 in three games, you're putting up 20 points a game. That's that's not definitely not going to give you uh, a lot of wins, though. They're two and one. So who, uh, who can complain? Yeah, it's weird though because they 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 scrapped everything hurts by by twenty six nothing, and then they got destroyed by them the following week, uh, forty six to six. So, are they like an anomaly, or are we seeing okay, it was a glitch and they're okay and they'll figure it out the rest of the way? Yeah, look, the glitch came in the form of the majority of the game being played with five players, so six against five. Always those games are are kind of weird. You're you team playing with six. You're, yeah. you're not as mentally focused. Uh, obviously, um, the replacements, uh, or sorry, everything hurts, were focused and determined to win that game. And then obviously when you're five, you're just like, okay, well, what can I do? So those games are always a little tricky, uh, even for both teams. But uh, but yeah, the, playing with five guys, I, I definitely understand why they only put up six points and let up 46. Yeah, I, I don't think right now, it's, I know it's so early. Some teams play 30% of the schedule, but I don't think there's a definitive leader of the pack that's going to pull away and and kind of run the table in this division i'm not so sure there is uh, i think you're right on that uh, unless we're thinking pacemakers right with uh once again jason rossi and uh and basically uh what's his junkyard dogs team minus yeah. obviously uh, some of the young guns that he's brought along uh uh, in the past seasons, but Justin Anania, Wade Williams, Shane Williams, uh, Yavar Ashrafi, and, and Chris Bro- Brockwell. That's a solid, you know, core to, to work with. Uh, Kenton Lowe. And sure, maybe you know him more than I do. It's yeah. not a name that rings yeah. bell. Um, but if there's a team that's, I think, going to, you know, rise to the top, it's, it would be Pacemakers. Yeah, I think this, this is a team that's going to be giving um, – Bear skins a good run for number one. Uh, as you know, right, four make it out of the five. And I think Team Ethnic Senior will kind of figure itself out. Everything hurts, you know, we'll see what they do in the coming weeks here. Greyhawks, again, TBD, right? But I think Bear skins and Pacemakers are probably the, the, the kings of the manor when it comes to this division uh, for 35 Legends. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'd say... Uh, Greyhawks, everything hurts, and Team Ethnic Senior, they're just going to need to work out their kinks throughout the season yeah. as the weeks go by. Uh, look for them maybe to make a late playoff push, and and whoever's, you know, one of those three teams, those bottom three teams that we just mentioned, if they get hot at the right time, they could potentially uh, put a dent in Bearskins and Pacemakers uh, run for the final. Right. Uh, on to women's, uh, Iggy. Women's one. Um I am surprised. Uh, I spoke to Laurie about this last week, and I thought it would be different this week. 
but it was a, it was a test that we we circled Le Bleu against uh, Brutes and no competition. You know, Le Bleu smoked them. So is there a reason to be concerned if you are either the Vortex or Brutes at this point in the season? I mean, these were that's kind of the trap that you fall into playing in the fall cup in the women's division, right? The brutes and vortex, you know, kind of breeze their way through, not necessarily getting enough of the good, let's call it good reps or tough, tougher repetitions uh, mm. playing against some of the teams that are in women's too in the winter. So did they basically not really test themselves and, and through no fault of their own, obviously, um, but they, 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 in my eyes, didn't get the proper reps to, to really uh, to, to put themselves on the same level as these other women's one uh, teams. And, and therefore, they've fallen off the, uh, the back foot here, right? So now that they've, you know, kind of got punched in the mouth here in the first three games, uh, they, they now see the level that they need to play up to. And now, now is the, the point in the season where these two teams uh, need to turn it around and be like, okay, this is how hard we have to run, how fast we have to, you know, make people miss after after the catch. So I think they, they are now at that level and uh, and the wins will trickle in here. So so given the um, the uh, spread of the schedule this year being spread out by like 85 million weeks in the regular season. <sighs> Tell me uh, about it. Uh, Le play Vortex back by weeks to play this Sunday, Jan 28th. And then they don't play for a f- almost full month on Feb 25th. So they almost have like a bye week of five weeks here. But but the point is that they're both 0-3. And this two-game set could really set the tone going towards March on who can get that last playoff spot or spots to be had at that point in the regular season. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. So, I mean... Uh, what, what's your question? I mean, uh, is it how are they going to come I, out? I, I think whoever the question is, if one of these teams lose both games, are they really in like deep trouble? I mean, if we quickly look at the brute schedule, so let's say it's the brutes that drop both games, you then have the the three and oh sub zero back to back weeks, back, back to back exactly. You have then have Le Bleu who just beat brutes 34 to 13. Bleu Pou, who again, week one, they beat them 39 to 13. And then you end off with Bees, who beat them already 13 to 6. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, you, you can't, you can't go 0 and 2, uh, 0 and 2 against Vortex. And then if you look at, at Vortex's, uh, games after their back to backs with, uh, with Brute, they have, uh, Le Bleu in between, uh, obviously very difficult. I mean, they're all difficult matchups, right? Then you have Bleu Pou, Sub-Zero, and Bees. It's, to me, Brut cannot afford to go 0-2 there. Playing no, Sub-Zero It's, it's twice. the order of the schedule you get these teams in. Unfortunately for both these teams, that they don't have any easy games. There's no gimmies there, um, yeah, it, in this there, division. There and yeah. it's, it's sort of like if you split, I think you're okay. If you win both, I think you're in great shape. But if you lose both, uh, you're in trouble um, because I think Le Bleu will find its way up because they, they played Sub-Zero week one and that's a tough game and Sub-Zero is now perfect. But yeah. they had a tricky game against the Bees uh, at Hebert on Monday. I was watching from afar. Bees gave them a little bit of a run. And the irony is that, you know, Sarah Parker, who know very well, knows the Bees very well. So it's sort of like they knew each other in a way 
of how yeah. they operate uh, on both sides of the football. And I think Bs, I'm not saying they're going to be eight wins here, Iggs, but I think they can definitely win four and, and maybe five wins and be a, a four or five seed uh, going towards the playoffs. And and Bs were without their starting quarterback, uh, I believe, with, in uh, Sofia Presuti. I've seen her play. She's very, very talented. And this defense of Bs, the Concordia yeah. Bs, I was I was in shock of how good they are. They they match up with some of the best you know defensive teams out there. They yeah. they 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 don't don't discount them. And I mean, when do you, when have you recently seen Sarah Parker throw more interceptions than touchdowns? Let alone three interceptions in a game. So I mean, isn't that the finals uh, co-ed finals from two years ago? In Lachine? No, it must have been two. You're thinking maybe three years ago. That that's that's how far back you have to go for that. Right. So that right. they they accomplished something that that not many teams have been able to do. Sarah Parker's been on fire for the past two years, and and the bees, you know, made her look average. Yeah, no, they they, they definitely did, and they. I know it's early, early January, but whoever they get in the playoffs will not be an easy win for that team. Like it's no. going to be tricky. And I'm surprised the bees didn't call themselves the Queen Bees. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been good. We'll have to ask. We'll have to do an inquiry with one of the bees. We might get them on the show in the coming weeks here. Uh, um, yeah. uh, Sub Zero, they're the queens in the matter right now. Three and oh. They're they're not running away with the division yet, but it, it could line up for them to do so um, in the coming weeks here. Again, three and oh. They took out the bees. They they have taken out Vortex. And they take out Le Bleu. They get Blue Poudre coming up on Feb 5th. So that's in about 10, 12 days, a little bit less than two weeks. And they get Blue Poudre back-to-back weeks. If they overcome those two games and be 5-0, and are we anointing them as maybe the favorites to win the number one spot? Uh, yes. If they come out victorious over Blue Poudre, uh, both in both of those games, that's where maybe they could get a split. Blue Poo can put a dent in their undefeated season. If not, Sub Zero is going ten and zero. Yeah, uh, that that's probably the last two hurdles for them in, in that division. So I think it's it's early, but I think they have a really good shot to go undefeated because they they're this they're they're literally freezing the competition. Yeah, you like you like playing words on that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I I I got I got it. Uh, well, I don't know. I sometimes see, I you see know. You. It's I see you right by you, you know. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Let's call up Pease and say, uh, mention how many times the things he said went by your head. Yeah, but Pease's not been a part of the show since like May of last year. Or is it spring season? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, women's two. Uh, onto that. Uh, we we got a few teams of two zero. Um, there's actually now six teams at two wins or or better, or one loss, two and one, if not two and no. I'm looking at the bottom half of this division right now. Um, I think Red Nation will figure itself out and they'll find a way back up the ladder. Um, but I look at the Petit Miette, X and X, they're one and two. I'm a bit surprised by that. But you know, Pink Panthers, Cheetahs, I, I don't know, can they kind of find their way out of this muck and get themselves into that green side of the bracket. That's going to be tough because uh, I, I, I will get to cheetahs and pink Panthers in a second, but you mentioned Le Simiet and X and X being at one and two. I mean, I saw their competition that they were playing against 
Patriot of uh, Saint Laurent, I believe, and uh, and Le Ibu number two, because there's a uh, uh, maybe they'll they'll be on my show part two of uh, calling the audible. My God, these these teams and even Le Trapa, they are solid, very fundamentally sound flag yeah. football teams, and. And so I'm not surprised that X and X and Le Petit Miet were, were more like casual flag football uh, players that, uh, that, they're, that they're sitting at one and two. So that does not bode well for Cheetahs and or Pink Panthers uh, because, you know, in their, in their first game for Cheetahs, they uh, had a tight one, 14 to 19 against Le Louvre, who are uh, going to, you know, they're going to be in the bottom seven teams. Uh, and then lose to Kiss My Boots 26-13, which is pretty respectable, actually, given how uh, Kiss My Boots are uh, a collection of uh, well-known flag players in uh, in the women's division. And then you look at Pink Panthers uh, losing 47-0 against Fit Squad and 27-8 over Trapa. So, I mean, those were – and Fit Squad in their first game – uh, with Frederic Chevalier throwing, I believe it is. Uh, you know, they 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 had a tighter game, so for them to really put forty seven and and shut them out, Pink Panthers, I I feel like they're gonna have a tough time. And just look at their next three games: Cara Babes, Ibu, and Linkset. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's that's, right that's there, rough. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. death row. You know, it's not. It's gonna be tough, man. Like I, I look, I look at Cara Babes, they they are unreal. They they are the best team in this division, I think, right now. It's uh, I, I, the, yes, they're two and zero. But that first game against Kiss My Boots, again, a collage of different players that haven't played together, especially with their quarterback, uh, yeah. Mariev Girard. They were one play away from two yards out from beating Kara Babes, a team with that hadn't gelled and had had not yet built chemistry. And Kiss My Boots since have now won two in a row. I'm not saying Kiss My Boots is the best team, but I'm just saying that Carababes have competitors out there. So I'm not ready to claim Carababes as the best just yet. Well, look, Hibu plays Kiss My Boots uh, at, uh, this weekend on the 27th of January. And they get Red Nation in a month's time. So this is their last game for a while. So you kind of want to go into your, I guess, your uh, month-long vacation, bye week, month here. On a win because once you come back, you get Red Nation off the jump, and, yeah. and that's that's two very tough games that they have to kind of navigate. Uh, Kiss my boots and and them trying to be a contender or a top tier team in their division. Yeah, I, I mean, agreed. Yeah. All right, the Knicks. Uh, to wrap it up here, um, a lot to look forward to. We'll, we'll definitely have on some. Uh, Let us know. Hey, if you want to be part of the show and, and be a guest, it doesn't matter who you are. Come on. We'd love to talk to you about your team or what you know about the league and, and the growth of women's football, especially flag football, which will be an Olympic sport in 2028 in L.A. Let us know. Drop us a line. Let us know. Let us know. We'd love to have you on, whether it's with yours truly or with Iggy on the Thursday edition of CTA. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, Mo, I, I get the notifications for how much traffic the Instagram posts get and the women's collage with different interviews from different female players 
hit 4,000 views faster than any other story I've ever seen or, 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 you know, it wasn't a story, but a post that, that it was, in, it's incredible how much this, the, the women's division is, is such a huge community, even, even outside of, of FPF, right? So they, uh, they definitely are, are contributing in a, in a huge, huge way to FPF success. Not to go off base here, but I tell our guy, Chris Vigo, Chris, do more, more female content for FPF. Because we'll get more traffic with that. Absolutely. It's it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Eggs, thanks so much, brother. Uh, as always. Uh, thanks to all of our guests that were on with us today. Uh, we had on Jerome Hovington, who was not on 5G, he was on 3G uh, Wi-Fi <laughs> for a reason. Uh, that's what we learned about Jerome Hovington. Uh, thank you to Zachary Alberts Gills, who doesn't remember which quarterback he sacked the most, but he has a number in his head. Um Manuel Arroy, who might have a head and shoulders commercial by the end of the day. And of course, you, Iggy. Uh, CTA Thursday. What do we have lined up for Thursday, my friend? All the divisions you didn't cover. So we'll have, again, once again, the uh, ever popular Dan Lazara talking Division One. We'll have Raf Morelli joining us for Division Two, uh, the writer for Division One and Two. We'll have Brent Bodkin on with us for Division Six. Uh, and I believe, is that the only divisions you left me there, Mo? Go ahead. Go ahead, no? And, and co-ed, yes, exactly. Lori, Lori Willett will be joining us uh, to talk co-ed one and two. And just because, like, just because you got one text saying how popular the Lazarus segment was, does not mean he's popular. Okay, Mo. Okay. I'm the same. You know, you, you know, let me, bro. Uh, you know, Dad. He's gonna have a big uh, head. No, bro. Uh, it's the hottest thing, bro. You, you probably think he's total Romo moving forward here. You know. You, you know what I'm gonna do just quickly before we sign off here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to see how many uh, views your part one uh, got and how many views my part two got of, uh, of episode two. So, Mo... We can play that card if you want, because I can go pump it on all my social media platforms. And I can blow this out to the water look, if you want. Look, look, you got two extra days on me. So you did have more views. You had 360 views on your episode, 256 on mine. Yeah, so you're right. we I, know. What's up, man? Because uh, we're the Monday Night Raw of CTA, and you're the Thursday Night Smackdown. That's what you guys are. <laughs> so I'm the Thursday Nighter. I get all the uh, the shitty games. I, I see. Exactly. Tuesdays, Tuesday is the most important TV night in, uh, on on the window of TV shows. Yes, Thursday is important. Being... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the most important days. You, Tuesday you keep forgetting. Is you keep forgetting these get posted on Wednesday during 9 a.m. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. So what? Right. Anyway, uh, thanks to all of our guests that joined on with us. Don't forget to send us your 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 likes and dislikes. Uh, Facebook, FPF, uh, Instagram as well, Flag Plus. Uh, reach out to us uh, at Mocha19, Iggy Mags. Uh, Iggy Mags, no? I forget. I always lose Iggy Mans, Iggy Mans. Mans, whatever, man. Like, you know what people have? I feel like a thousand plus, man. Okay. Don't blame me. Anyway. Uh, give us a like, follow uh, CTA again. Like we're, we're it's a new format we're doing right now with with the uh, remote uh, away from the studio, but we will improve the product as we move along here, and we want to get everyone involved. So please let us know if you want to be involved, whichever division it is, and look forward to having you on. Uh, Nightingale, thank you so much, my dude, for your job well done for behind the scenes, and we'll see you next week. Magic words, please, Iggy. It's Zachary Alberts. Gill, not Albert Gills. It's you're pluralizing all the wrong things. That's what I do best, my friend. Good night, Zachary Albert Skill. Put the place up.